0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, and I'm joined by our fearless leader, Taylor Estes, managing editor of Horns 24-7. Taylor, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Chip. How about you?
0: Hey, you know what? I'm doing better than Spencer Sanders. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sitting there watching football because Texas is off, and I'm thinking Oklahoma State is going to be, well, they're the. Team I have, Texas, playing in the Big 12 championship game, and then they can't move the ball against Tulsa. Right. And so I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, it really is Texas and OU in the Big 12.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you think that had something to do with Spencer Sanders, though, leaving the game?
0: Yes, but the offensive line was was not doing a thing, even with Spencer Sanders, in the game. Well, we'll, we'll get to more of that. We've, you know, we've always got great stuff for you and love it or leave it. And you all have come through with the reviews. We are over 500 reviews at iTunes. So, you know, we love it when you run over there and give us a five star rating and say what you like about the show, tell your friends and enemies and give us a, a review over there at iTunes and'll we'll, we'll be reading some of them because we are over 500 reviews Taylor congratulations job well done.
1: Yeah you too for sure yeah we we'll, re- we'll get to some of those later in the show but we appreciate our listeners as always and you know it helps us it helps our bosses like us more and everything helps them encourage us to expand the flagship podcast so we we'll really appreciate that.
0: Absolutely, and we are changing things up a little bit as Taylor posted on the board at Horns twenty four seven. Of course, the flagship message board um, that we are going to now that we're in football season, we'll have uh, the interview podcast that was coming out on Mondays will now move to Thursdays and serve as a preview for the upcoming game. And and Taylor, that leads us right into uh, Texas and Texas Tech. It is. It's game week, and Texas is getting ready to go on the road for the first time in this Mad Dog 2020 season. And they're going to a place that will not be as hostile, not just because they're playing at 2.30, but because it's going to be mostly cardboard cutouts, Taylor. So they kind of got a good, uh, a good deal in this going out to Lubbock.
1: Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, I've been on the field a handful of times at uh, in Lubbock there at uh, what's it called Jones AT&T Stadium, D, I believe. Yeah. And yep. I've been hit by things on the sideline. Like, you just – they throw – I mean, I, I one time got hit with, like, a sausage wrap sitting in the end zone at one of, like tw- – I think it was towards the student section a part of the uh, stadium – and I got like, hit in the in back. One of those tortillas? Yeah. I was kind of like, who wasted this? Like, I kind of wanted to eat it, but uh, I didn't, so. <laughs> Five-second rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely okay. going to help, for sure, if you don't have the Rowdy fans there at Texas Tech because they get quite vicious. Even if you're on the field and don't have anything to do with the game, some of the comments I have been, you know, on the receiving end at Texas Tech. Not safe Tech. for work? Not safe for work. I'll put it that way, but...
0: Yeah. Well, we we found out this week who and uh, maybe who will be in the lineup. With the uh, injury update from Tom Herman, we learned that Jordan Whittington, the former five-star recruit from Quero, who seems to get on the field, catch a couple passes, and then in the opener and then disappear, had uh, arthroscopic knee surgery, and they feel like it was successful, and that he will be out three to four weeks. The earliest end of that would put him in the OU game, but I'm told don't plan on that because there's a bye week after that, and then Texas would play Baylor. Probably want to be more on the safe end of that recovery than the early end, but we'll see. Jordan Whittington maybe made a polyurethane. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would think you would you would wait for that. The, um was October 24th game, home game versus Baylor, just to give him that extra reps. But it does hurt Texas going into Texas Tech right now, Chip, as uh, Tom Herman said early this week um, at his press conference, that Jake Smith's status is unknown. Now, prior to the UTEP game, it was announced that Jake Smith would miss that game with an injury, but it was kind of more out of precautionary reasons Well, in that he was expected to be back for Big 12 opener at Texas Tech. Well, as of earlier in the week, Tom Herman did not know that was going to be the case. So I think that, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of to see what Texas does with that H, you know, slot receiver type of position um, against the Red Raiders this weekend.
0: Yeah. And it'll probably mean more 12 personnel, more tight end personnel, two tight end personnel. And it worked well for Texas in the opener against UTEP mm-hmm. when you had, Cade Brewer with three catches, including a touchdown by halftime. (laughs) Yeah, my guy. Finally. He's the Zach Ertz or the David Thomas of this offense. And everyone's like, Chip, stop talking. Cade Brewer does not exist. No, no, no. He's a senior. He's from Lake Travis. He has great hands and we saw that. Heck, Braden Librock had two catches by halftime at the tight end position for Texas. So we'll, yeah, depending I mean, it doesn't sound good for Jake Smith, but we'll see. And if he cannot play, I think we will see more, more tight end personnel because you've also got Jared Wiley uh, in that mix too. So they feel, and Malcolm Epps, who is that big slot that maybe slow moving, slower moving big slot than little Jordan Humphrey was a couple of years ago. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, and then. You know, we'll wait and see, but uh, I, he did say that Isaiah, Tom Herman said Isaiah Hookfin, uh, who was dressed out for the UTEP game, is, is working his way back into full strength and said he's, he was pushing Denzel Okafor at that right guard position, but Tom Herman said he hasn't done anything in the last couple of weeks to, to move in on that position. No change uh, as of right now in terms of the depth chart, Denzel Okafor still the starting right guard, Christian Jones, still the, right, the starting right tackle. And Taylor, Tom Herman said we didn't impose our will as much as we would have liked in the running game. And if folks are reading the Insider last week, I talked about how there were some team sources who said, look, it's, it's a work in progress. The, you got Derek Kerstetter in a new position, and you've got Denzel Okafor, And Christian Jones really starting in in new positions, so it's going to take a minute.
1: Yeah, that was one thing that Tom Herman said that was one of his dislikes about the UTEP game. He also mentioned that he didn't like, um, you know, that Sam Ellinger got hit around a little bit, or that the quarterback was uh, hit a little bit in that game as well. So, you know, I'm curious, Chip. So in watching Texas Tech. And Houston Baptist, obviously, Houston Baptist offense is a totally different type of offense than what Texas is running. You know, are are you expecting more of a run-heavy attack um, since Texas was such a heavy passing attack? Maybe that was done intentionally against UTEP to hide some of the, you know, weapons behind closed doors—a running game that Texas could have with, you know, the three-headed monster of uh, Keontae Ingram, Rashaun Johnson, and Bijan John Robinson?
0: Well, I think they're certainly going to test it. And my gut is, after watching that film, Texas Tech was actually good against the run when they played Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist ran it 24 times for 28 yards. Mm-hmm. Now wait till I tell you the next set of numbers because as good as they were against the run, and I asked Matt Wells this week on the Big 12 coaches call, what he liked and what he didn't like about his defense. And he said, I liked our defense against the run and our sure tackling. He said, what I didn't like was our play in the secondary because they gave up 572 yards passing and four touchdowns. Most of them to Caden Stearns brothers who are wide receivers, Jareth and Josh Stearns on that Houston Baptist team. And I'm not kidding. They combined for over 300 yards of receiving just those two Stearns boys. And so it's a. I have a feeling Mike Yursich is going to take what he can get, and if it's in the passing game, he'll throw it all all night long, kind of like he did against UTEP. So, I think Yursich is going to go wherever he sees, smells blood, sees a weakness, mm-hmm. and and I think it'll be fun. I want to see if this. I mean, they had everything go just about right in terms of they had a few drops here and there, but for the most part, they got what they wanted in the passing game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that is true. I'm, I'm really curious, though, to see what, what we haven't seen yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense with facing Texas Tech. Obviously, you know, Houston Baptist putting up 572 passing yards on you and four passing touchdown is not – the ideal start for Matt Wells's uh, you know second season there in Lubbock, but I am st- yeah
0: he was fending off a two-point conversion for Houston Baptist to tie the game and send it into overtime
1: exactly in the final yeah. minute yeah yeah so I I still am very curious to see what type of, you know, changes we're really going to see under Mike Yursich's offense. You know, I feel like it seemed a lot more smooth sailing, I would say. I thought Sam Ellinger against UTEP was really solid. Um, as we mentioned on last week's show, you know, I felt like he he looked like a true quarterback, you know, not, not a running quarterback like he's been coined over the last three years of him being at Texas. But, you know, I'm still interested to see what type of changes – from just more of a, a game plan, a game, you know, rhythm, all of that type of changes that we're going to see down throughout Big Twelve play for Texas.
0: Yeah, and as as I reported in the Insider, from someone who's very close to the situation with the Texas offense, it has been simplified, and especially in the passing game, and they've got new route concepts that defenses will gradually pick up on, but they you know, in the running game, it was pretty much an inside outside zone kind of night against UTEP. Do they start bringing in more counter plays or, you know, pulling linemen to try to create some some gaps in the running game? We did not see that against UTEP at all. It was pretty vanilla. So I'm with you. I mean, they they ran a reverse and stuff like that. But there's a there's a whole lot that Mike Jurisic likes to do that he hasn't shown yet. So it'd be fun to see if he starts shifting and motioning those tight ends and and moving them around a little bit. And and look, Texas Tech, they're gonna get Colin Schooler. They should have Colin Schooler as their middle linebacker. Remember, this is the this is the nation's FBS leader in tackles for loss, active leader. And he's the brother of Texas grad transfer receiver, Brennan Schooler. And so they're going to get together out in Lubbock. I'm told Schooler missed last week's game because of COVID-19 concerns, either in the, either a positive test or in, in contact tracing. So they, they really need Colin Schooler because they lost Jordan Brooks, the first round draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks. And they need a stud in there to come close to what Jordan Brooks Uh, did for them last year
1: yeah and you know for the Texas side the Texas defense I think that they're going to be up to a a interesting task chip you know um, uh, I if you watch the game you know that Sir Roderick Thompson the running back for Texas Tech he was arrested apparently earlier this week for a uh, arrest warrant out for him I guess he was illegally Uh, street racing or something along those lines. Street racing
0: is what the arrest affidavit said. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but he's supposed to be playing for this game. Uh, According to Matt Wells, he had said that he would be available for the game. You know, he put up 118 rushing yards against Houston Baptist. Um, Now, you know, it's Houston Baptist. We can't, we don't really know, I guess, technically what that really means in the grand scheme of things. However, you know, I think that, With Alan Bowman at quarterback, I thought he looked really good in that, um, you know, the opener. He did have that one interception that he threw. But still, I think that Texas may be facing a true kind of uh, dual threat type of offense this week. And this will be a, a big task for you know, Chris Ash to face a Big 12 offense because that's something that he hasn't had to do. You know, he didn't have to face that type of offense when he was at Rutgers. He didn't have to face that type of offense even at Ohio State when he was a defensive coordinator, at least as consistently as, consistently as he will in the Big 12 type of league um, with such just like potent offensive attacks here. So that's going to be something I'm really watching in this game is how I think we're going to get more of a true test of the changes that Chris Ash and his new staff on defense truly have brought when they're facing, you know, a a team that could be really lethal either on the ground or in the passing game.
0: No question. I mean, Texas tech has been a a total offense leader um, with all the leech disciples and with Matt Wells. I mean, last year, even with jet Duffy at quarterback tech moved the ball. Heck they moved it a ton on Texas. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, but this, you're right. I mean, Tech, Tech is a legit offense. Sir Roger Thompson ran for 12 touchdowns last year. Alan Bowman, Tom Herman said it. This guy's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. When healthy, he's healthy. And TJ Vasher is still playing wide receiver for Texas Tech, all six feet, six of him, mm-hmm. And Tech always has great receivers. And they've got a veteran offensive line, including all big 12, Jack Anderson. So it's it's a good test. I mean, there's no question about it. You go on the road, you you play against that offense. That's the strength of obviously the Texas Tech program right now. That is a much better test for Chris Ash, the the front four pass rush, how Texas is lining up. They they look great against UTEP, but it's UTEP. This right. is this is big boy football this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean it's kind of funny you say like this is the tech offense is going to be the strength of the team. It's kind of like, so what's been the case under the last three head coaches, I guess. And as we're
0: seeing, (laughs) as we're seeing Taylor, our man, Cliff Kingsbury pride of new Bronfels, new Bronfels, unicorn. Mm -hmm. When he has the defensive coordinator basically selected for him, he kills it.
1: Right. Yeah. The guy couldn't
0: hire a decent defensive coordinator in his time at tech. He hired his buddies who he played with at tech and that set him back and by the time he finally you know got the right defensive coordinator in there it was too late. Now he's at Arizona with Cliff I mean with uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and they're 2 and 0 oh, and and DeAndre Hopkins leads the NFL in reception. So no doubt my man Cliff Kingsbury knows offense, but as you said, defensively, we're still waiting. Yes. I mean since Zach Thomas was running around in his number 35 jersey for the Red Raiders it's I mean, and I'll say last year it was fun to watch Jordan Brooks, but nothing like watching my man, Zach Thomas, back in the day. That dude was a monster. Right. All right. So, Taylor, that uh, and, you know, get make sure you're reading all the content at Horns 24 seven, because we always have fun stuff for you, like our question of the week Our, our we love that because we're all, you know, giving you our take on on. You know, hot take. So make sure you're checking that out this week. That's that's going to be a hot one, and our game predictions and and everything else at Horns twenty four seven. I mean, no one can match our insider content, and and that's no no lie. I mean, all of our members who are listening right now and have been reading the insider from every second of fall camp, where no one's been allowed into practice. We've been telling you exactly what's been going on in practice. So uh, we we have those kind of sources. It's why. Everyone loves coming to horns 24/7, and hanging out and talking Longhorns. You know, pulling up a bar stool among Longhorn friends and fans. So uh, make sure you're you're getting into that because we'll have all the latest leading up to the game.
1: Yep, always have all of your team and recruiting news, for that matter, covered over at Horns 24-7. But Chip, before we continue with the flagship podcast, we're going to take a very short break, but you definitely want to stick around as we continue our preview of Texas' Big 12 opener at Texas Tech and also still have everybody's favorite segment, Love It or Leave It, with this week's topics touching on Everything from Longhorns in the NFL to where Texas stands in the Big 12 title race. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Taylor, do you want to tell, uh, give us the latest on the reviews and the, and the you know, the comments?
1: Yes. So um, we're going we're gonna to read a handful of reviews today. There was a lot. So I just want, you know, thank you for everybody for leaving those. We will get to yours. Later on, and Chip, one other thing we want to say too before we get to the reviews is um, make sure to pay attention next Monday. After Texas home games for football season in replacement of the interview podcast of the flagship podcast that's going to be moving to Thursday, we will have an instant reaction kind of quick hitters from the weekend that we will be posting um, bright, bright, bright and early every Monday morning after Texas games. So make sure that you uh, tune in for that. So now we'll have Horns 24-7 team will have podcasts on every single day of the, or every single weekday. Uh, during all. football season, so we're excited to introduce that as well. But so I'm going to read a couple of these here. Uh, the first one here is from Hookem27. It says the flagship is one of the best Longhorn podcasts out there. The interviews are great, and the Wednesday show really helps break up the week as I drive to work. Taylor is great, Chip is a beast, and they have an A in on-air chemistry 101. Awesome, guy. Awesome job, guys. Hookem. How about that? Thank you, Hookem Twenty Seven. Appreciate that.
0: Hookem Twenty Seven, you you write in anytime. Hookem Twenty Seven, yeah. <laughs> keep them coming.
1: All right, next one's from uh, UT Coop or Co-op. I'm not sure which one it is, but UT Coop, I'll say. Uh, really enjoy these podcasts. Chip and Taylor are awesome, and the whole crew from Longhorn Blitz. So thank you for that.
0: That's right. Birthday boy Jeff Howe.
1: Yeah, his birthday was earlier and, this week.
0: And Rod Babers on the Longhorn Blitz.
1: Yeah, and their shows now um, on the Horns 24 7 podcast channel will be published on Tuesdays. It used to be Thursdays. So we've had a little bit of a shakeup um, between the flagship and Longhorn Blitz, but make sure you tune into that as well. And then the third one I'll read today is from Texas, Texas X 2013. It says Great content with heavy hitters in their interview podcast. I look forward to the flagship Longhorn Blitz and State of Recruiting every week. So. Really, really appreciate that. And we'll get to the rest of the reviews uh, later on. You know, uh, there was quite a few and we really do appreciate that. Again, like seriously, I sent a message when I saw that we hit over 500 ratings and reviews to our bosses and they were very happy. So really appreciate that from the listeners.
0: Absolutely. As I said, tell your friends and enemies, even though tell those Sooners and Aggies too, because they always want to know what Texas is up to.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, we've had Aggies uh, comment about how they were Aggies and still like listening to our show. So, right. <laughs> that was, how about that. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chub, you, know, you, you ready to get to everybody's favorite segment?
0: I'm ready. I mean, they, the, they're, they're restless. They're ready. The fans, they're, they're clamoring pots and pans, <laughs> just like the Astros used to when they were at bat. <laughs> oh no! No, come on.
1: Oh gosh. Too soon, Ugh. I think, for... Some- but hey,
0: the Dallas Stars are in the Stanley Cup Final. Anyway, I digress.
1: But <laughs> that, that is true. I was watching that uh, last... Of course, I watched the game that they lose, but I am um, <laughs> still am always impressed by NHL announcers. Like, I don't know how they do that. I don't think people give announcers enough credit to begin with because it's not an easy job. But to do it with hockey, I'm like, I can't even see where the puck is half the time. How do you know who oh. has it?
0: <laughs> and those guys are just weaving it you know, from one player to the next. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Go stars. Even, you know, Astros fans.
1: (laughs) All right, Chip. So uh, let's get to love it or leave it here. I'm going to pose a few statements your way. And if you agree, you're going to love it. If you disagree, you're going to leave it. So you ready to go? All right, let's go. All right. The first one is Oklahoma State struggled against Tulsa and Spencer Sanders left in the first half of the game. He's been since diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Love it or leave it, West Virginia will upset Oklahoma State this Saturday.
0: Okay. You heard it here first. Okay. You heard it here first. West Virgin I'm gonna love this. West Virginia is going to upset Oklahoma State. If if Spencer Sanders does not play in this game, it is going to be bad for. For uh Oklahoma State, their offensive line looked bad, and remember West Virginia has the Stills brothers Darius and, and Dante Stills. Mm-hmm. their dad was a an unbelievable uh, defensive player at West Virginia and they they're solid I mean and I, and Neil Brown can coach Neil Brown can coach and they found their quarterback in Jared Dage, and they had two one hundred yard rushers. In, in week one, I know they were playing Eastern Kentucky, but still, West Virginia looked sharp. And guess who was the leading tackler for West Virginia? Arizona grad transfer linebacker Tony Fields, the guy that Texas thought they had only to lose him to West Virginia, where his former defensive uh, his position coach had moved from uh, Arizona to West Virginia. So, Taylor, you heard it here first. West Virginia upsets Oklahoma State.
1: Okay. And I want to let our listeners know that Chip really, really wanted this to be a topic because he wanted to make that call. So,
0: you well, know. <laughs> after watching Oklahoma State, and their defense played well. Oklahoma State's that, defense yeah. played well. This this will be a lower scoring game than people think.
1: Yeah, I, that was one thing I, I did take away from Oklahoma State's performance against Tulsa. Is I did think that their defense looked better. I think that's what a lot of people were kind of wondering. What you know, they had a lot of return or starters, I believe, coming back on that side of the ball. But the, you know, Mike Gundy's never been known as a def, having stout, solid defenses. So I did think that their defense looked good. I agree, the offensive line looked suspect. And I don't know about this one, Chip. I mean, a part of me wants to call the upset, especially since, you know, West Virginia at least had two weeks to prepare for this game. And if Oklahoma State is without Spencer Sanders or coming off of a, you know, really close type of game um, against Tulsa, I just, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I think I'm going to have to love this. And if this is the case, this shakes up the entire Big 12 conference, in my opinion. If Oklahoma State loses the first game of the year, you know, it makes you wonder what's the Big 12 race going to be. It's going to be Texas and Oklahoma, I think. And, you know, remember that the um, media that votes or that covers this conference voted in the preseason uh, Big 12, you know, for the the. Team that they thought was going to win, all of the first team, second team players. And Oklahoma State was picked second in the conference. So, and Texas was third. So it's going to be interesting for sure. But I think.
0: I think Texas was fourth behind Iowa State. I think it was OU. Were they? I thought they were second or third. And, and, uh, yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and then Iowa State, I believe. And then Texas. I, it was like, are you kidding me?
1: Really? Okay. I must have, I must have. Maybe I just expected it. I for sure thought that was the case. Now I, I kind of want to check now.
0: Yeah, and maybe I'm thinking of the of the twenty four seven expert panel. But um, it either way, Texas is not uh, was not picked in the in the top two by the media.
1: Yeah, for sure. So,
0: and I think you're right. I mean, if Oklahoma State loses to West Virginia, after Iowa State loses to Louisiana and K State loses to Arkansas State when Arkansas State had nine players out with COVID, yeah, the Big 12, it is going to be all OU in Texas carrying that flag, and those two teams need to be looking good every week of the season, or the Big 12 is going to just be... Um, they're going to be in a three-man race. They might end up with four spots in a three-man race. They might end up on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, For sure. Okay, so it was. It's Texas was picked third in the Big Twelve preseason media poll. The Big
0: Twelve normal media poll.
1: Yes, it was Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State. However, Texas did receive four first place votes. Chip, were you one of those first place votes? Oh, there's one. There's one. (laughs) I was not, but.
0: (laughs) Well, and Oklahoma, five time defending champ. Some sometimes you just say, you know what. I'll pick Texas when I see it.
1: Yes, exactly. Kind of err on the side of caution there. but All right, so moving on here for a a Texas topic here. Texas opened this week as a 17.5-point favorite in Lubbock, which is one of the largest point spreads favoring Texas ever um, on the road at Texas Tech. Chip, love it or leave it, the Longhorns will cover the 17.5-point spread.
0: You know what? I said, I say yes. Okay. Now here's why. Because I do think this is going to be a real challenge for Texas Tech. And for the, I mean, excuse me, for the Texas defense to slow down Texas Tech. But little known um, secret weapon for Texas Tech is their kicker.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And um, let me, I don't want to, I want to make sure I get, uh, Trey Wolf. Okay. He was fantastic last year. I think Tech only scores one touchdown and they get three field goals.
1: Wow. So you're And
0: Texas scores in the thirties, so I think Texas covers.
1: Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Um
0: I'm gonna love that.
1: I think I'm gonna leave it. I'm just gonna leave it just because I'm you know, I'm really I I don't know necessarily that we've seen enough from Texas' defense in the UTEP game. Now, obviously, they looked solid, you know, but you have to really put it into perspective. And they're going to be facing probably one of the potential, a team in the Big 12 that potentially has, um, you know, the best offense in the conference or among the top tier in the, the Big 12, at least this season. Uh, with especially with Alan Bowman at quarterback, I feel like he's never really. I mean, he was injured last year, but he. Uh, I think he can really, really be somebody that teams are going to ha- be. You know, defense coordinators maybe having nightmares about. Honestly, as we uh, move on through conference play, so I'm going to leave this. I do think Texas wins this game. However, I don't know if it's going to be more than 17 and a half or 18 points. I guess it would be or higher. So I'm just. I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to say I think the Texas defense will look better, you know, than they did in some games last year this week. However, I don't know if they'll hold them to one touchdown. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows?
0: Yeah. This will be, to me, this is a good test of is Texas, do they have a championship mindset? Do they just play to their own standard and they don't even really consider who they're playing? Right. And what we saw from the teams in the first decade of the 2000s was a team playing to its own standard. And they would they'd mow down people and, and at times. I mean, really from 2005 to, to 2008 and nine, But um, really, that's what I want to see. I want to see if this team is that disciplined, that focused, if they're smelling blood. If, if so, they should, could, they should show improvement. Yeah, the UTEP yeah. game.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And with with uh, you know, Tom Herman, one of the biggest knocks I think against him during his tenure at Texas even though he's done well and he's won, you know, big games and he has, you know, shocked people and uh, upset a lot of teams that they weren't picked to win, but I feel like the Texas teams so far under Tom Herman have played up to their opponents. Level, You know, it hasn't been about them setting the tone themselves or very rarely, I should say. Um, It seems to be that the games that they should blow the teams out, they kind of play under what expectations are, are, you know, entering the game. And then the games that they are not supposed to win, quote unquote, then they just blow or, you know, they surprise everybody. So I want to see more consistency in Tom Herman being in, you know, year four. Of uh, his head coaching time at Texas, I want to see that because that's huge. I mean, you're right. What 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 Texas did under Mack Brown when the you know 2005 through that 2009 period, it was not usually a question of oh, I wonder if Texas is going to cover the spread against you know a lesser opponent. It was going to be oh, Texas is going to blow this out of the water, you know. And here it's these are the conversations we've had since Tom Herman has been at Texas, so that's going to be something to watch too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think. it's gonna be fun. Good test for the for the Texas defense against that offense.
1: Yes. All right, Chip. Uh, Texas had some of the players available to talk to the media leading up to the Texas Tech game. We heard from Caden Stearns, and he had made comments that Texas, you know, entering the first road game, there's been a lot of questions and um, just changes due to COVID and everything with the travel and how that's going to work. Uh, Caden Stearns was asked about, you know, the COVID-19 testing and in uh, the cases at Texas. And he kind of alluded to the fact that a lot of the guys on the team have previously tested positive for COVID. So with that chip, I want to ask you, love it or leave it. Texas has herd immunity.
0: Yeah. I'm going to love this because, uh, again, if you've been reading the Insider Over at Horns twenty four seven, we told you in July that Texas was having a, I mean a rash of COVID nineteen go through the team, mm-hmm. and I was told at one point, well over half, more like two thirds of the team had tested positive for COVID nineteen, not just contact tracing, that it had gotten into the team, and and that's when You know, Texas kind of went silent on their reporting. I mean, it was the summer. It's not like uh, it is now where everyone's trying to figure out what the situation is with players going into games and all of that. But yes, I, I think most of the team has had it. I think we are in herd immunity status. And Caden Stearns basically said that. He said, look, I don't wish this on anyone, but if we're going to have it, it's good that we had it early. Right and not having guys test positive now during the season. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that because I don't, I don't think Tom Herman and Caden Stearns were in in a rush to continue this conversation, but I think most of the team has already had it. And, and once you've had it, Taylor, they don't test you again for 90 days. Mm -hmm. So remember that once you test positive, you're not getting tested again this football season.
1: Right. Yeah. So,
0: and if you do test positive, you're out 10 days. Now, the Big Ten came out with their restrictions, and they're making guys sit 21 days. That's half the season in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, it's so that was bizarre. I don't know how that's going to work out for the Big Ten. But
0: remember, three of the school presidents in the Big Ten are actual medical doctors. I know Michigan's is. I think Northwestern and Rutgers, too, and they're the ones that were the most staunch against um, the big 10 playing. And so I think they probably got uh, some tighter restrictions on, on those players, but I'm sorry, let's not digress any further. (laughs) We have a final love it or leave it Taylor.
1: Yes. So here, uh, chip, there's a number of longhorns in the NFL that have been playing in early season games. So my statement to you is love it or leave it. The best moment for longhorns early this NFL season is Malcolm Roach Getting significant playing time for his hometown, New Orleans Saints.
0: Ooh, that's a that's a good one because we've we've had we've had um, Deshaun Elliott had a sack for the Ravens, mm-hmm. and Colin Johnson's caught a pass. So it's Devin Duvernay for the Ravens. Colin Johnson for the Jags, and Brandon Jones is making all kinds of tackles for the Dolphins. But I'd have to say. I'm going to love this. I'm in a loving mood today. I just love everything. And so I'm loving Malcolm Roach because he's playing a lot. He already has two tackles for loss for the Saints. Like they are rotating that defensive line a bunch. And Malcolm Roach sometimes is playing right next to former Longhorn Malcolm Brown on that defensive line. And the Saints obviously ran into a tough Raiders team on the road in Vegas this Monday night, but. Malcolm Roach is on the field all the time for the Saints, and he was an undrafted free agent who you could tell after the draft, he was just, you know, he's crushed. He was worried, and by God, he has seized the opportunity, and I am not surprised. He's with his hometown team. He went to school, uh, high school in Louisiana. This is such a great story, yes, yes. I'm loving this.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with that Um, for the sheer fact also that he was, you know, an undrafted, picked up as an undrafted free agent. And that's that's that just speaks, you know, volumes, I think, towards his um, his dedication, his diligence and really just trying to prove himself. And I feel like he was kind of that way as a recruit too, a little bit, you know, because it bugged him that LSU didn't offer him. And so he's always had that will to prove people wrong. I feel that will to really just be better than what anybody expects of him. So I think that's true. I do say though. I will say, you know, Charles Amenehu at getting starting playing at, uh, for the Texans, Deshaun Elliott taking over for Earl Thomas, you know, uh, with the Ravens. I mean, those are two guys that weren't drafted very high either. So it's, you know, there's a lot of kind of, good feel-good stories for Longhorns in the NFL currently playing. Yeah,
0: and Justin Tucker was an undrafted free agent. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, Justin Tucker. I mean, that's, How about that? He's like the best kicker in the <laughs> history the of the NFL. He's most field goal
0: kicker in the history of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. How about that? I <laughs> yeah. mean, we've had some – I mean, Priest Holmes was undrafted, went on to become the leading rusher of the Kansas City Chiefs. It There's some really good Longhorn stories. Maybe that's a love it or leave it next week. We'll talk about the – the undrafted free agents of Texas who've gone on to greatness in the NFL.
1: Yeah. I don't know what that says though, because it's like you want your players to be drafted and then play well. Get
0: paid. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. Texas has got to start getting these guys into the league. Everyone's wondering why they didn't get the Brockermeyers because they haven't had first round draft picks on the offensive line. Exactly. Since Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Back in uh, 2003. Yep. The last first round pick on the offensive line. Yeah, so.
1: and he was back to back after Leonard Davis was right. a first round pick too. Um, yeah, yeah. They were
0: yeah. both top five picks. Yeah, yeah. In the draft.
1: I mean, think about it this way: Were either the Brockermeyer twins born yet? No. The last time Texas had a first, yeah.
0: No. So and remember what Barry Switzer told me: Recruits like what's shiny and new, Chip. Mm-hmm. They're like, what's shiny and new? Yes. And what's shiny and new is draft picks in this decade.
1: Yeah. And that's what's shiny and new. Million dollar, multi, and multi, the multi the way, million Taylor, dollar contracts, too.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that salary cap's going up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But how about it's time for the Cowboys to go sign Earl Thomas? Yeah. After watching Calvin Ridley and the Falcons go right through that Cowboys defense, it is time. I don't know what's going on with Earl, but I think it's time to sit him down and say, Earl, you ready? Because we're ready. Jerry, Let's sit
1: him down. Earl. Oh, yeah. Rather.
0: <laughs> Taylor, great stuff today. Um, I hope everyone is, is staying safe and keeping the faith. And thanks so much for listening to the Flagship Podcast. We'll have another episode out on Thursday previewing Texas Tech with our man, Jared Johnson of the Texas Tech 24-7 sports site. So don't miss out on that. Uh, For Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Thanks for listening, everybody.